uh, for me, acceptance looked like, okay, I know I have a problem. Now, am I willing to do something about it? Am I willing to step into, I, di- I didn't know anything about AA. I didn't, I didn't know anyone in AA. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that what I had been trying to do wasn't working. Welcome to the Recovery Edge podcast. My name is Alfredo and I'm an alcoholic. And today I'm joined with uh, a few of my friends, four of them. We have Heather, Evan, Sean, and Kristen, all from, oh, I don't know, Denver, Frederick, Firestone, uh, Berthid. Wait, Berthid, right, Sean? Platteville. Platt- okay, Close enough. Platteville. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining today. We're going to just treat this kind of just like a, like a meeting, you know, we're just going to chat about our topic and, um, you know, move on. We'll, we'll, uh, each get a chance to share. I might call on you guys or you guys feel free to jump in whenever, um, our topic is going to be acceptance today. And I think where I want to start really, and after this, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves again for the show. All right. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and read from page 417 from the big book. And it says, when I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. So... We'll let that kind of sit in our head for a bit here, but um, Heather, why don't you introduce yourselves or introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Okay, my name is Heather and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I live in Frederick, Colorado, and I have been in recovery for close to five months now. All right. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Evan? Yeah, my name is Evan. I'm an alcoholic. I live in Denver, Colorado, uh, sober since October the 7th of 2020. So a little over 16 months or so, and very grateful for it. Nice, nice. Sean. I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic. Um, Sober since October 24th, 2011. And yeah, loving the journey. Cool. Kristen. All right. I'm Kristen. I'm alcoholic and um, my recovery journey has been a very long one. Um, Had it not been for last year's mental breakdown, I would have five years, but I guess it's been a little over a year now since technically my last drink. Wonderful. And Kristen, you've been on here a couple times. I feel like you're my co-host. (laughs) <laughs> yeah me too kind of like <laughs> it's great having you again on here though and it's always cool talking to you oh thanks so acceptance um from page 417 you know what we just read that we can find no serenity until we pretty much find acceptance of a a person place thing or a situation um being exactly the way it is and understanding that that's how it's supposed to be at this moment. How does that hit you, Sean? What do you think about that reading? Uh, you know, I, I, I love that reading. It's, uh, it's, it's so loaded with 
you know, I guess just a great way to approach life. Uh, it's such a difficult way to approach life, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, my my tendency is to try and control everything around me, you know, and thinking that I know how things should be done better than anybody or anything out there. And the, the end result of that has always been catastrophe, <laughs> to put it mildly. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not an easy test to do, but, you know, I, I think as I get closer to achieving that ideal, things tend to go better. Hey, Christian, um, and thanks, Sean, but Christian, what, what does acceptance in this case, you know, how does that affect your sobriety when it comes to like changing your attitude towards things you can't really control people, places, things? Uh, well, you know, I guess that that's kind of where the work really comes in for me. Um, I just finished doing a fifth step, um, this weekend and I'm really glad that I did because right afterwards I ended up getting in a slight fender bender down here by um, Park Meadows Mall. And, you know, we've had the discussion about like traffic and such before and how like that's one of my main things that I, I just I don't handle well. Um, and, you know, just by by kind of accepting that, you know, I, it's a brand new car, you know, um, which was kind of unfortunate, but, you know, we just exchanged information and I called the insurance and now I have an appointment to, you know, take my car in and all that. But um, the way I would have used to uh, react to that is I may have ended up getting in a fight with the woman, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so I know, I know I find in my life that when I can come to a place of acceptance, that's when I feel the most peace about any given situation, person, place, or thing, you know. Um, and it is elusive. And uh, I feel like that's where, you know, the work comes in. And that helps me to get to where I need to be spiritually Um Otherwise, I'm just prone to a lot of selfishness. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, I don't want to be that. I want to work for God now. So, you know. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, you know, traffic seems to be like where we have our, where we get tested the most. Uh, Evan, I know you drive a lot. Uh, how does it affect, you know, you in traffic and how does acceptance kind of weave into that? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the road quite a bit, so it's certainly something that can be frustrating. But when you read that passage, kind of what came to my mind was what I pray for every day. And I start my day with asking for the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that was drilled into my head and uh, early on in the program. Um, and it's something that you know, when there's a circumstance that, um, I guess, let me put it this way. I have to rely on my relationship with God to determine if it's something that I can change or sh should change, or if it's something that's outside of my control. And if it's something that I'm just trying to run the show and make things the way that I, how I want it to be. Uh, so that's kind of the first step is 
recognizing if it's something that I can do something about or something that I can't. Do you have any, um, like, what are some examples of things that you found that you can't change that don't really bug you anymore? Boy, I mean, don't, don't bug me anymore might, might be not the right term because things certainly still do bug me. Right. And I have to work on it daily basis to recognize those things when they crop up. But, you know, um, how other people, uh, treat me or react or in certain situations, there's absolutely nothing I can do about that. And it's totally outside of my control, you know, um, really it's just recognizing if it's something that I can change and should change, you know, is it, is it something that would be beneficial to, to others? Or is it something that I just want to change to, to be better for me, you know? So a big one has just been dealing with people, you know, recognizing that, you know, I got to keep my own yard clean and it's not my job to, to clean up theirs or, or be upset about what's in their yard, you know? Thanks, Evan. And Heather, you have, you're like our new, our new person, pretty much. Right? Yeah. I'm like the newbie. Yes. Yeah. Um, how does uh, acceptance and, you know, dealing with, like Evan had said, the way people kind of interact with you and, and understanding that there's things you can't change and all that. What is, what does that all mean for you? You know? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm very early on, very I would say that I'm still in elementary school when it comes to this, but um, acceptance and, and accepting of other people and their reactions, um, I'm just learning to try to be at peace with that. Um, very similar, keep my side of the street clean as long as I know I'm doing the next right thing. Um, I, I can't I can't take on that emotion personally. Um, and that's something I very much struggled with pretty much my entire life. I'm a people pleaser. So if you're not happy, that means that I'm not happy. And that's that's a struggle. But learning to accept that I can only control my emotions and my reactions um, has actually been a bit of a godsend and just letting the rest go. Um, I, I think my, my hardest struggle through all of this was accepting that I was an alcoholic. So that's kind of the first thing that came to mind when you read that and accepting, you know, that true fact, um, was probably the hardest part in my journey. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, the rest of you guys and, and feel free to just jump in, uh, accepting the fact that you're an alcoholic. Yeah, that one took a long time for me. Um, I think I started using and drinking when I was like 16. And I mean, it took <clears throat> years and years of, as you know, like going to jail and in and out of, you know, jail and rehabs and probation and all this nonsense. And um, it took a lot, a lot, a lot to get me to a place of acceptance. You know, I played every trick of the mind that one can pop play with themselves, you know, um, about how I could control my drinking and, you know, drugs are, are a big part of my story. And, um, you just, it's exhausting, you know, like when you're out there for so long and you're just lost and you know that you've completely screwed up your entire life and then some, 
and there's literally like no humanly way possible that you can get out of it on your own. Like, I guess that it really just does come down to, you know, is God or isn't he, you know? And, um, that's what it had to come down to for me. I mean, I don't know if it's because of my, you know, stubborn blood or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, accepting that I was an alcoholic and, um, an addict and all that was, uh, you know, it was hard, not because you can go into the rooms and you can like, obviously say out loud, you know, like, my name's Kristen, I'm an alcoholic or whatever, but like the book talks about when it gets into your innermost self, that's a spiritual experience in and of it, of itself, even if it doesn't seem like it is at the time. Hmm. So, um, you know, as I've grown in my recovery journey, there's a lot of things in life that, um, you know, that, that I don't have control over. And I find that if I do try to start controlling these things, like not only does it put me in mental distress, you know, but I can stress other people out too. And um, it's just not fun to be stressed out all the time. And I just feel like still, like I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I just prefer to have peace in my life. And so whatever I need to do to make that happen, um, I work with God and figure out a way to, you know, which directions my steps are going to take. What do you guys think about how acceptance kind of changes the direction and the steps that you take? That's kind of a vague question, right? <laughs> you got any thoughts, Sean? You know, I was thinking about your last question, like, you know, what I experienced when I accepted that I was an alcoholic and yeah, I, it was such a relief, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, I knew I had problems. I knew something was screwed up in my life. I didn't really know what it was when I, when I went to that first meeting and I said, uh, you know, I'm Sean and I'm an alcoholic, you know, it, it meant that there's a, there's a potentially a way out. You know, I saw these people around me that knew they were alcoholics and had accepted that part of their lives and they were, they looked okay. You know, they looked like happy, normal, healthy human beings. And that wasn't something that I had seen in my life in a long time. So it, it, that, that relief when I first said that was, was pretty powerful in my life. And, you know, to kind of go into your next question, you know, like how did that change the steps I took moving forward? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't an instantaneous, you know, transformation. It, it, it took a while for me to really start realizing that by working the steps of the program and, you know, taking the suggestions that my sponsor and people around me had made would actually caused that transformation in my life, but it definitely opened the door. You know, it, it, it started me on the journey. And I, I think that's, you know, it's, it, it is a journey. It's not something that's ever gonna end. There's, there's constantly stuff that's creeping up in my life that, you know, 
I have to accept, you know, and a lot of those things, including being an alcoholic, you know, accepting a lot of my, my character defects and you know, realizing that I'm, I'm not a perfect person, that I've got all these flaws and, you know, quirks and attitudes that, that could be, could be better, but having those things doesn't make me bad. Uh, that's, that's one of those things I used to believe about myself that because I was an alcoholic and because I was a drug addict and, you know, I, I hurt all these people in my life that it made me a bad person. And that's just simply not true. What, what makes me, you know, having all those things is you know, and having the opportunity and the ability to work on those, you know, accepting my character defects doesn't mean I'm not going to try and change. Uh, that, that's, that's the part of the story that uh, transforms me from that bad guy, I guess, to somebody that's, you know, a good person. I like that. It's like you're being at peace with the good and the bad. These are all like our battle scars almost. Um, right. What do you think, Evan? I like battle scars. Battle scars. Man, I, you know, I, I think I was doing a, a dance between step zero and step one long before I came into the program. You know, there was a, there was quite a long stretch of, of denial and not thinking there was an issue when there was plenty of evidence pointing towards that. And then there was a good chunk of time as well when when I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I had a problem, but I was not convinced whatsoever that I had to give it up. You know, I was very convinced that I would I would learn tools to moderate. And, you know, so I went through uh, a year or more of, you know, trying those different strategies that a lot of us have done, you know, whether it be trying to moderate or seeking, you know, addictions counseling or, or whatever. Um, so in my mind, accepting that you're an alcoholic doesn't really mean much unless you're willing to put that, you know, first foot forward and do something about it. And at the time I thought I was doing something about it till I realized that none of it worked, you know? And so I was kind of at the point where I accepted that I was an alcoholic in the sense that I kind of just realized that I wasn't going to be able to drink because of the years of failed experiments of trying to do so. So uh, for me, acceptance looked like, okay, I know I have a problem. Now, am I willing to do something about it? Am I willing to step into, I, di I didn't know anything about AA. I didn't, I didn't know anyone in AA. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that what I had been trying to do wasn't working. So for me, acceptance looked like, you know, at the time I thought it was a, def a defeat. It was almost like shame and guilt of, I'm an alcoholic, I'm gonna go to AA, you know, my fun life is over, you know, I'm in my twenties. It's like, I, I can't hang out with my friends anymore, whatever, you know, I, I, I kind of looked at this potential new life as something that was dull and boring and, and you know, but I had no idea that taking alcohol out of the equation would be so beneficial in so many other areas, aside from even just the negative consequences that I could see from drinking, you know? So uh, acceptance was a long, long battle for me, even after I recognized that I had a problem. 
Is uh, is your life dull and boring today, Evan? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> uh, you know, there's some days maybe where, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you that. Um, being in recovery is is always, you know, just great days, and there's never any difficulties. But um, I have the capacity to handle situations and and handle things that I didn't previously have while I was drinking. I mean, you know, take even all of the potential legal complications down the road and health risks and ruined relationships, all of those aside, you know, just everyday life. There's just so much more of a capacity to be able to just be a human (laughs) as opposed to being a slave to a bottle, you know? Mm. So that kind of goes into the next reading here from page 430 of the big book. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. I know for me that um, if I wasn't, if I, if I couldn't be happy or, you know, uh, yeah, pretty much, man. If, if I'm not happy, and I, I'm saying this like generally, you know, like if I was bored being sober, I wouldn't be sober. I, I couldn't. I was always addicted to, you know, a good time. And, and frankly, that hasn't really changed for me. You guys know I just love hanging out with you guys and like just having fun. Um, so that still kind of remains for me. Um, but I got there because you know, accepting my life on life's terms that what that means for me is kind of like, okay, I've I've had this past. Um, this is where I'm at today and I can't dwell on what went, what I, what I did before to, you know, where, cause my mind will tell me that I really screwed up my life, but I needed that experience to get to where I'm at today to have that understanding. Um, and for me, I think that's kind of what accepting life on life's terms is all about today um, and, and why I can feel happy about about things. I don't know. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I can look back on my life as well um, and, and think, you know, I wish this would have been different. I wish that would have been different. I wish, you know, I, I wouldn't have used alcohol as a crutch, but then this is also the person, I mean, it's made me the person that I am today. So I I hear in the room sometimes that someone is a grateful alcoholic. And when I first came into the rooms, I'm like, how the hell is that possible? How can someone be grateful to be an alcoholic? And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, this is miserable. Um, But the longer that I'm in the rooms, it's like that accepting of, you know, your character defects, um, the ism, so to speak, and alcoholism um, gives us an opportunity that isn't granted to a lot of other folks that do not enter the rooms, whether it be for alcoholism, drug addiction, you know, gambling, whatever. Um, We get to take a really deep look into who we are and um, work on that. And I'm I'm very grateful that, you know, I I have had the journey and the path that I had that led me to the rooms and in order to have that experience um, and to be given what I think is a gift. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great attitude. And that's that's some cool insight you got there, 
And Christian, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I agree with Heather and it's so nice to hear like, you know, someone who has a fresher take on things. Um, fresher take. <laughs> yeah. Like fresher take, a more fresh take, however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't know. Acceptance is, is a hard one. I don't know. Like when you spend more than half of your life being all fucked up, it, it's acceptance is hard sometimes, you know, like to be, <clears throat> you know, this year I'll be 38 years old and I'm still single with no children. You know what I mean? It's like, did, did I, I mean, did I ruin my life to the point where I took those things away from what could have potentially been, you know, part of my life, you know, that's the stuff I start tripping on. Um, which again is why I need to work the steps and put this on paper and have another person help me work through, um, the stuff that goes through my brain, you know, cause they're like, life throws some shit at you sometimes, you know? And, um, on the flip side of that, I, I was just thinking the other day that um, me finally deciding, uh, I I don't even know if it was a decision, I guess uh, ultimately it was, but I was just so desperate to do the steps. Like that was the best decision I ever made because it helped me connect with God, who I always knew was there, but I never understood like what people were talking about when they would say, you know, having a personal relationship with, with God and all that, you know, like that they would hear his voice and get direction and so forth, you know, like I didn't understand what that meant because everything was so clouded, um, with, with garbage, you know, both, um, externally and, and internally the stuff that you feed yourself. So, um, for me, it's still a work in progress. You know, like some days, I guess I'm grateful to be an alcoholic because, I mean, I I just see God do the coolest, coolest thing sometimes. And it's so blatantly obvious, you know, um, and then other times, you know, it's hard not to fall back into the like, damn, I fucked up my life, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to jump in? Yeah, I was, you know, a lot of the, what you guys were saying really hitting home for me, too, and, you know, little pieces here and there, and, you know, what was going through my mind was this idea of, you know, the shame of our past, and, you know, I, I, I did some, some therapy for a year and a half or so while I was sober, um, dealing with a bunch of shame, and one thing the my therapist kept telling me was how absolutely useless shame is as an emotion. It, it doesn't really serve any purpose in our lives. It doesn't motivate us to do anything. It, and, you know, what what Kristen was just saying, it, it really just stands in our way of having that relationship with God that is, is necessary for, you know, uh, our sobriety and you know, continued improvement in life um, it, you know one of the nice things that 
you know, came up over the weekend for me was how uh, you know, I was listening to a workshop or a speaker at the uh, Greeley Stampede Convention, and it, they were talking about how our fourth and fifth steps allow us to turn that shame into just guilt. You know, guilt's not necessarily a bad thing. It lets us know that we've done something wrong and an action needs to be corrected. Um, but to be able to change that shame and accept it, you know, accept that it's part of our life, that we did that, and to be able to move on and, you know, try and rectify those those actions in our lives. And, you know, really the best amends I can make to, to anybody is to, you know, change change my way of living, change the way that I approach life and, you know, try, not try and control everything that's that's going on around me. Hey, big shout out to the that Greeley Stampede, the 70th anniversary, man. That was something. That was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, pretty cool. Evan, what are your thoughts on, you know, like dealing with our past and and like, I don't know if you had shame or regret and all that stuff i did um yeah yeah of course i did um you know the way that i kind of look at it is the past you know it's, it's not something i can change obviously but it's a very useful tool for me because it's a very clearly laid out roadmap to where i'm going to go back to if i drink again you know because i've proven to myself obviously that once I start drinking, I can't stop both, you know, in that moment and moving forward. So uh, I know without a doubt, if I pick back up exactly the place that I'm going back to. Um, so I have to be careful not to let the past kind of bring me down with that guilt and shame, you know, but at the same time, it's a very useful tool because it reminds me of where I was at and where I would go back to I pick back up nice and Heather you are our youngest in sobriety as Kristen said you have the freshest outlook you're kind of in the thick of this right now how are you feeling about like the past and, and any regrets and stuff today how are you dealing with it so um I'm currently working on my fourth step which is a bit daunting as you all know um, especially going through it for the first time. There's a lot of things to get down on paper. Um, and and it, it can be an emotional, but it can also be super freeing because I think by recognizing where we hold resentments and fear, um, we can learn to accept those things. And then that's how we move towards forgiveness, um, forgiveness for others, as well as most importantly, forgiveness for ourselves. Right. So that releases a lot of that shame and guilt, um, by working on that fourth step and being able to let some of those things that maybe we've held since childhood, free ourselves from those and free some of that guilt and shame that maybe we didn't have a part in, but that still reside within us. And so, um, yeah, still being fairly new, but really jumping into this program, you know, 
both feet. Um, that's what I would tell a newcomer um, is, is to just dive right in and take suggestions. I mean, I, I, I had a podcast with you, Alfredo, and talked about just taking those suggestions, but I think it's, it's so freeing to be able to put those down on paper and then eventually be able to release a lot of those feelings that we've been harboring for often many years. I would have to agree with um, Heather once again. I um, just got done writing a fourth step, and I don't even know how long it took me, probably like six or eight months. And I feel like it was almost as big as the first one that I ever did. Um, Because as you know, Alfredo, it's been like a weird couple of years um, in a lot of ways. It it really all just kind of like weaves with itself. It's all the same DNA. So it's, it's, uh, it's just natural that, um, you know, we go from acceptance to like not regretting the past and all that good stuff. And, and then like the fourth step and then to the fifth, um, it's all relieving once it's all, uh, finally done, but it it is hard work and it really just takes us to sit there and like do it. And what's funny is that nobody's going to like tell, like I went through the steps a, a few times now, and nobody like has told me, Hey, I think it's time for you to go through the steps again or do it again. You know, it's just like how much like emotional suffering am I willing to like carry until I wake up and like, Oh, I should probably start doing some step work again, you know? Cause that's how it kind of has happened for me where I've just been like, I have like misery or something and I have like no relief in sight. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe you should uh, call your sponsor and, um, you know, start doing some writing again. It's it's really funny. It's like it's very like self-diagnosed even, you know. Yeah, well said. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Recovery Edge podcast. I'd like to thank my friends who joined me today, Evan, Sean, Heather and Kristen. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed listening to us as uh, much as we enjoyed doing this so um, check out our archives you know you can find the podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Spotify you know share us with a friend and we'll keep at it see you next time <laughs>